The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Last time I was up here, Easter Sunday, we reminded each other that Jesus is risen. He is risen, right? Hallelujah. And I told you that it wasn't a game. I told you that, remember? Just like we don't play around with electric sockets, and and just like we don't play around with, with electrical transformers and their wires because it's dangerous, the power that's there. How much more, we said, remember? How much more is it not a game to receive the power that rose Jesus from the dead. It's not a game. And today I'm going to say it again for another reason. We are not goofing around. We're not playing. In fact, what Peter says, you see what he says? We live in a constant war zone. That's what he says. He says, to abstain from sinful desires, here's what he said, which wage war against your soul. So every day of our life, it's like we're walking down the road and there could be a mine that could blow you to hell and back, literally. Or or planted on a roof, like like think Khartoum, Sudan, there's, there's a sniper up there, and if you don't have on your body armor, you're toast. It's a war zone. Like, what I'm telling you, like, I've told you this before, like, when we go to church, you know, buckle up, or if we want to use the metaphor that, that Peter's using, put on your body armor, right? Pick up the shield of faith, like, Let's go full Ephesians chapter 6. We are not playing around today. This isn't a game. And what I want to do is really simple. It's really simple, like the theme of the book. What, what to do with your desires? And it's going to be super simple. The first thing that what Peter's going to show us is that I want you to doubt them. He wants us to doubt our desires. A holy doubt. He also wants us to diagnose them. I'm going to give you a diagnostic tool so that you can know right and wrong, evil and good, right? And finally, I want to give you holy power. So here it is. This is what we're going to do. Very simple. Holy doubt, holy diagnostic, and then finally, holy, holy power. First of all, holy doubt. And not doubt in God. He's never given us any reason to doubt Him. He is faithful even to death itself through cross and empty tomb. We are not going to doubt God. What we're going to do is doubt ourselves. We're going to doubt our desires. So Peter says. He says, let's just be honest about this. Like There's some desires that are good. There's some desires that are led by the Holy Spirit like when you're loving on someone, that's, a, that's from God, right? But then there's other desires that Peter's going to call, quote, look what he says, sinful. So there's going to be times when you look into your heart 
When you look at what you're lusting for, what you're coveting, what you're desiring, what you're craving, what you want, and you're going to think that you found due north, and what you found is due south. There's going to be times when when you look into your heart, this is what Peter's saying, and and you're going to find what your passion, we talk about that today, don't we? That's the word that's used here. You're going to find your true passion, and what you've really found is what's destroying your soul. That's what he's saying. Think about it this way. Jeremiah said this, Our hearts are devious beyond words. Jesus said it this way, For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. This is is the clear teaching of Scripture. This is it. That sometimes our wants and our desires and our hearts are as dark as sin, as evil as Satan. Now, if, if any part of what I just said resonates with you, then I need you to know something. You are part of the rebellion. <laughs> or or I, I, I could bring out my nerdy side for just a second. You have not been assimilated. That's Star Trek, by the way. You have not become the Borg. And you have not begun to think like everybody else. Because if there is one doctrine today that is accepted across the whole world, it is simply this. You do you. You live your truth. And that goes, that, you, you can see it's emblematic. It, maybe, maybe it's back in the 2010s. Remember when Mary Kondo, Marie Kondo came out with her book about tidying up your place? And, and this became such a phenomenon that it became a verb. Did you know this? So now you can actually condo something, which means, which means that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take a look at all the things that you have at home And then you're going to hold them up. Do you remember what she said? Hold them up and see if it sparks joy. That's what Mary Kondo said. If it sparks joy, then you keep it. If it doesn't, throw it away. Follow your heart. You know what doesn't spark joy for me at home? A broom. I look at it, it doesn't spark joy, but I need it. See, we can't always follow our hearts. Shakespeare was the first one to say it. You know what Shakespeare said? He said this, To thine own self be true. I think that was Hamlet. And since then, there's been variations on that same theme over and over again. Live your truth. You do you. The only thing that everyone has in common, all the Borg out there, the assimilated, the conformists, they all say the same thing in one way or another. What matters, and the only thing that matters, is what you want. It's what you desire. Go ahead and do it. And Peter says, doubt that. It may be from the Holy Spirit, but it may not be. Here's the truth about our hearts. And I hope this isn't too gross, but we're going to do it anyway. Our hearts 
Taking our hearts for a walk along Roosevelt or on Fifth Avenue is like taking a dog for a walk. Dogs love to smell flowers and all kinds of other things too. (laughs) Our hearts are like that. We need to doubt, have a holy kind of doubt about our desires. I'm going to go further than that. Not only holy doubts, but also Peter gives us, he equips us with a holy holy and true diagnostic. And he does it in this way. He he gives to us what appears to be a, a comparison. This is what he says. He says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. So normally when you hear the word as, like or as, it's a comparison, right? Like slow as a tortoise or, or slow slow as molasses, something like that, right? But here it's not a comparison. Here he's giving to Christians their character. He's reminding them who, they, who you are. We're pilgrims, we're foreigners, we're exiles. This isn't home. It's home for the natives, and there's a lot of natives, aren't there? They're going to they're gonna do what they do, but our hearts, our minds, our bodies are destined for a heavenly home in glory with God one day. Which means, by the way, this, this is so breathtaking. You're so holy that you belong in the Holy of Holies. It's where you belong. Like by the blood of of Jesus, that's where you belong. That's your home. This is not your home. Now, this leads to a diagnostic question then. And it's simply this. What wants and desires will happen there? What wants and desires fit in heaven? See, if you can want something, if you can do something in heaven, then, then it's definitely from God. But if you're, if you're wanting to do something, or if you're wanting to get something, that you're going to lay down before God one day and say, here it is, and you're embarrassed of it, then it's not from God. It's, 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 really, it's really that simple. Like um, sometimes, sometimes these shows that we see on streaming platforms, platforms they say things that that take my breath away like i love the dialogue have you seen the new the new um the the power of the rings is that the rings of power i got it backwards the rings of power and galadriel in in the in the opening scene of the show she she puts a boat on a little stream and then these bullies come along and crush it remember this if you've seen the show and her brother sits her down and says this. This is, this is a beautiful. He says, do you know why a ship floats and a rock sinks? The stone only sees downward. The darkness of the water is vast and irresistible. The ship feels the darkness as well, striving moment by moment to master her, pull her under. But the ship has a secret. For unlike the stone, her gaze is not downward, but up, fixed upon the light that guides her, whispering of grander things than the darkness ever knew. And here we are, whispering of the grander things. That there there is a heavenly home that will make everything small and, and gross in comparison. 
if our desires fit among the grander things, they're from God. It's a holy diagnostic. Or we, we, could, we could bring this further down to earth for you. Sometimes young people, they want to know, like, what desires, what, what things they can do, you know what I'm talking about, do when they're dating. And my simple answer is usually this. If you can do something with your Christian mother watching at 2 p.m., then it's permitted and good. But if your Christian mother sees it and she's disgusted or saddened by it, then it's not good. Now we can level up from there, can't we? If you can do something in the shadow of the cross, if you can do something in the presence of God with whom one day we'll make our home, then it's good. Then it's holy. Then it's right. But if you can't, if you can't, then it's evil and dark. It's a part of the darkness. This is simple, a real simple diagnostic for we, for us. Even kids. I want to talk to the kids for just a second. Kids, I heard a story from a pastor and someone asked this little girl, little girl, what do you want to be one day? And she said, I want to have a good job and I want to make a lot of money. And some people laughed. But the pastor was saddened. Because do you see how selfish that is? Do you see how greedy that is? It's all about me. We need to teach our children. Children, we need to understand that, that we are on the way to heaven and be able to discern discern why we're here to serve others, not to get rich, and what is good and right and fitting in God's presence. That's a holy diagnostic. Now, we've, seen, we, we've learned that we need, to, we need to doubt. We need to have holy doubt about our desires and wants. We've also seen, we've given a, a little bit of a holy diagnostic. We'll build on that in the, com- the coming weeks as we look at how we want to live out this resurrection life that God has given us so generously. And now, now I, want to, I want to move into the holy power. See, we've got, we got to empower this thing now. How are we going to do this? And um, we're going to, I, want to hear, I want you to hear Peter's call. Peter's call. Here's what he says. Begin the verse. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires. There's the word, to abstain. So this is a simple word. I want to explain this word just for a second. This is a a distancing word. So the opposite of abstaining would be to indulge. You'd get real close to it. Abstaining is to get real far back. Not not physically, because this is happening in our heart, right? But spiritually and emotionally, to distance ourselves from sinful desires. Desire. So we're going to do this with sentences. I want to start with the sense of sight. When we are not distanced from, from something with the sense of sight, it is, it is glowing. It's in full color. It's, it's pulsating. Like It's the only thing that you can see. And it's like it's magnetic, pulling us in. It's pulling us in, right? When we abstain, when we abstain, it's, we're like a million miles away and like that same thing that used to be pulsating and magnetic and colorful. It's like we look under a microscope 
and it's tiny, and it's in black and white. No power, right? Oh, we're abstaining. Or we, we could do this with a sense of taste. Like, like before, the, the sinful desire was like, it was like that peach. When do they come? In summer or fall? And you take a bite, and it's like, wow! It's just this pleasure-filled thing. But then you have tasted the goodness of God, right? And now that same thing that was the ripe peach it tastes like ashes. Why did I do that? Ashes in our mouth. And we've begun to abstain from it. We've been, we've been distanced from it in the terms of the sense of taste. Now, how do we empower this, right? How do we get that, that spiritual and emotional distance? Well, it comes in two ways. I think it comes in two ways if we're going to use this verse. The first is this. And I'm going to talk real hard to you for a second. You need to know what's on the line, right? We said it before, it's it's not a joke. War is not a game. You understand that? Like when you go to war, you don't go to war to wound somebody. You go to war to kill your soul. These are the stakes. And we have to get that. If we, if we want to get distanced from it to turn it to ash, we have to know those stakes. More than that, though, more than that. And here's the good news. Like, do not despair. Do not despair. Because Peter, is he, he, he says it. Like, out loud, he's like, People who are on the way to heaven are going to have sinful desires. They're going to act on them too sometimes, by the way. But it doesn't take you off the path. Because what saves us isn't being good. What saves us isn't not having those desires. What saves us, do you know what saves us? Of course you do. The saving death, the perfect life, the resurrection that you are forever connected to of Jesus Christ our Lord. Do not despair. God loves you and He has you on the road to your heavenly home. Now, I'm not even done preaching the gospel. I'm not done. This is the cool thing. And when we get this, we're going to get even more distance. Here's the truth. You know, when we're grabbing, when, when we're desiring, when we're coveting, when we're lusting, you know what that mentality is? It's a scarcity mentality, isn't it? It's like, i, I got to get all the pleasure in. i got to get all the stuff that I possibly can because it, I'm, it, there might be scarcity later. I might not have it at all later. But the truth of the matter is, what did Jesus say in the Gospel lesson? So that they may have life and have it to the full. You see where we're going? We're on the way 
to glory. And whatever is pleasurable here on earth, whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever is true, you need to take that and ascend all the way to heaven infinitely, and that is how good the new heavens and the new earth will be. No more scarcity mindset. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal just a couple weeks ago about the richest man in the world. He lives on Fifth Avenue, right next to Saks. Bernard Arnault, I think I said his name right. And he owns luxury brands. You know what he says? This is a game that he plays to get our money. He says, what I do is I create. This struck me. He said, I create desire. What if we, though, we went to Tiffany's and we looked at the diamond ring and we said, that's just metal and rock. And we were able to discern, like, that's not a desire from God. Necessarily, not that we can't buy those things, but necessarily to be able to say no. That you created a desire, I'm going to not indulge myself. So Peter's teaching us. He wants us to doubt, to doubt our desires. He wants us to diagnose them. And he gives us true power, true spiritual power through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to abstain from them. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there for uh, this week. Next week, we're back. We're back with so much more from Peter. Amen. I want to invite-